Hi, everyone. I'm going live right now to discuss the AIM Act in 2022. Specifically, I am hosting um, my event, AIM Act in 2022, Part 1. For the next half hour or so, we're going to be talking about all of the details, nuances, and potential ramifications that the new HFC refrigerant phase down has in the United States. So I'm going to give um, people a few minutes to kind of trickle in since I just hit the um, hit the broadcast button, but we will be talking about everything that you should know about the AMAC that has happened in 2022 so far. I think it's going to be a very um, informative and helpful webinar event for you to um, really sort of prepare your operations and marketing around um, this new refrigerant update. So again, I'm going to give people a couple minutes to sort of pile in and then we're going to get started. I'm going to pull up my slides as well. So give me a second. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. So can you guys see that? Hopefully the slides are up there and the audio is on. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Elizabeth Ortlieb, and I am the director and CMO at Alpine Strategy, an industrial marketing agency um, headquartered outside of the Nashville, Tennessee area. I am an refrigerant compliance specialist, but also a very experienced HVACR um, marketing strategist, and I lead the um, HVAC marketing team here at Alpine. Uh, we work with um, nationally recognized HVAC companies throughout the United States on their marketing campaigns, and um, I host different types of refrigerant events throughout the year. So if you guys are already following me, you probably already know that. Um, some of you may have been on my refrigerant briefings that I've held um, throughout 20 last year as well as um, earlier this year. So if you're joining me again, I appreciate it because this is going to be um, one of many in terms of AMAC events that um, we're planning for uh, 2022. So um, really appreciate you joining me. So, okay, I'm going to um, get started here. And let's see, um, before we go into any details, I just want to have this legal disclaimer the information provided in this webinar does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Um, instead, all information, content, and materials available in this web webinar are for uh, general informational purposes only. So just keep that in mind. Also, if you're um, following me, you probably already know this, but I use the hashtag refrigerant365 across social media to share important refrigerant insights that you and your team should know 365 days a year. So if you're not already doing so, um, follow that hashtag and also give me a follow on social media. That'd be um, really great to connect with you and talk about refrigerant. I'm uh, all game to talk about anything related to refrigerant. So as you might already know, if you're not following me yet. <laughs> so um, without further ado, I'm going to start our um, the crux of today's discussion, which is the AIM Act in 2022 thus far. Okay, so um, this is a very introductory um, look at the AIM Act for today, but we are planning to have part two um, in June, part three is going to be in September, and part four will be in October. So there's really going to be a four-part series. And um, 
the point of this is to really help you keep updated with the AIM Act um, and really what's been on my radar. I want to share with you guys because there are a lot of different details um, with this, a lot of different um, provisions that are within this legislation that you should know about and be aware about because I think um, at first glance, you might not be able to, you might not know that basically. And so that's why we're having the four part series. I'm very open to feedback and suggestions about the other parts um, in terms of like what you want to learn more about. Um, you might have a better idea of what that feedback should entail as we kind of go into today's discussion. So, um, but yeah, as you can see, I'm going to make that a little bigger on the screen, but we will be having a four-part series throughout 2022. And this is really to accommodate um, all of the expected ch um, changes and also new regulatory updates as they happen. Um, just, you know, follow me and you will be um, notified um, about these upcoming events. Um, also, you can also just subscribe to my newsletter. Um, it's www refrigerant365.com. If you just sign up for the newsletter, you'll also be notified for all of these events that are happening. And of course, my very popular refrigerant briefing for spring um, 2022 is upcoming in June. Um, that's on June 1st. And we will be looking at not just the AMAC, but other important refrigerant um, updates that have happened um, in the spring. So I really hope that you guys can um, join me throughout those different events throughout the year. So what is the four, oh, so the AIM Act, what is this, um, the, the point of these events? Well, they're really catered to um, people who directly or indirectly deal with HFC refrigerants um, in any way, really. Um, and the, 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 the point of today's discussion is really catered to um, contractors, distributors, manufacturers, and also marketing managers. So the things that we're sharing um, are super, super helpful for um, these um, different segments. Okay, so I broke down today's discussion, um, basically the AIM Act in 2022, what you should know about it. I would characterize it in um, three different major things that ha you should know that have happened so far. So that's why you see on the screen, this is top three, top three things to know so far. Um, this is um, how I would, this is how I conceptualize how the AIM Act has happened so far. Um, point number one, the start of the HFC phase down. That's point number one. I mean, it's it's here, it's it's gone into effect, and um, that that's a, that's kind of point number one. We've got to know that um, it is it is um, in effect, and whether you notice it or not, there have been some subtle changes in the marketplace and you'll probably see it to be more um see you'll see like stronger effects of it as time moves along i'll go into more detail about that in a few seconds but that's kind of uh the the first thing that the top one of the top things that you should know about with amax so far is the fact that the phase down has started we're at a 10 percent reduction from the baseline and that 10 percent reduction is for calendar year 2022 and 2023 more on that in a second. So point number two, two for the top um, top three things you should know so far about the AIM Act is the enforcement compliance and litigation side of things. So we've already seen some activity around um, enforcement and compliance as well as litigation. 
yes, there have there has been already some lawsuits um, filed by various industry groups in relation to some of the provisions in the AIM Act. So if you're not aware of the um, litigation component of this um, AIM Act discussion, I would definitely you know stick around because I'm going to address that, and it's something that's um, very pertinent for some stakeholders in the industry. And where this is going to go, as I'm I'm unsure, but it's definitely something that we are monitoring. Okay, and the last thing that we're going to talk about today is 2024. And if, if you don't know what that means right now, um, by the end of today's discussion, you will understand why 2024 is such an important compliance date for the phase down. Okay, that was a lot of information there. So um, I'm just going to give us some time to sort of let other people trickle in. But we are, uh, again, we're live today discussing, discussing the AIM Act in 2022, part one. And I just addressed the top three things that we're going to be focusing on. And so um, we're now going to kind of go into the point number one of today's discussion, which is the start of the phase down. Um, as I previously mentioned, the phase down started on January 1st, 2022, and that um, was from a rather lengthy uh, process. Actually, the AIM Act was passed in 2022. I'm sorry, it was passed in 2020. Um, the American Innovation and Manufacturing Act is what it, what is actually technically called. That was passed in 2020, and we saw the final um, first rulemaking published in October of last year. So that um, first rulemaking uh, last year, that was the, um, that covered the uh, allowance allocation and trading program part of the AIM Act. And it also, in that rulemaking, defined an allocation framework. So it's getting kind of, I know this is super kind of technical and complicated, but um, that trade that program also contains an allocation framework for calendar years 2022 and 2023. So um, keep that in mind, because I, again, that's going to be kind of important for uh, later on. Um, but the uh, basically what the this phase down um, this HFC phase down does is it phases down HFC refrigerants by 85% over the next 15 years. And if we go to the next slide, we will see the 10% um, reduction from the baseline that I previously mentioned for calendar years 2022 and 2023. And by the end, um, 2020, uh, 2036, you will see the 85% um, reduction that happens. So um, that is uh, that. And in terms of the allocation framework, I'm going to touch upon that again because I just mentioned it. And if y'all have been following me, you probably uh, saw me talk about the fact that the EPA has held various stakeholder meetings about the AIM Act, specifically back in March. There were two stakeholder meetings. Um, those were super uh, interesting to uh, just kind of listen to and see where this is all going. Um, but one of the stakeholder meetings was specifically on the allocation framework. Um, for the later compliance dates that you see here on this table. Uh, they're really looking at the um, 2024 and beyond years. Um, they're kind of focusing on, hey, how is this allocation framework working out currently? 
and um, seeing if they need to make any sort of revisit revisions or uh, changes to that framework uh, moving forward. So um, I would encourage you if you haven't been a part of those stakeholder meetings or you, you know, I would encourage you if you have the opportunity to voice your opinion or your concern about this, because it does matter because it's going to be affecting the industry. Um, as you can see with these dates on the screen um, for, for the long term. So it's definitely important to kind of um, know about this. So if you have any comments or questions, feel free also to go ahead and put them in the, uh, the right-hand side box, side um, of the box over on the LinkedIn Live. So if you have any questions, I can um, be happy to respond. Okay. So the, the next part of our discussion is point number two. Uh, we're about halfway uh, through to, uh, today's webinar event. So the second point of what you should know so far with the AIM Act is the enforcement, compliance, and litigation component to what's happened. And so the um, enforcement and compliance measures, they're actually, um, they have happened. Um, we saw the fact that, um, well, one, uh, we saw the fact that um, there was a, uh, interagency task force meeting that happened recently on the illegal HFC um, uh, imports and stopping those things. And as you can see on the screen here too, um, the EPA has implemented a multifaceted approach with the AIM Act to enforcement and compliance. And they have um, this, this uh, basically they do that through uh, four different ways. And uh, it's through administrative consequences for allowance holders. It's through requiring the use of refillable cylinders. It's also increased oversight of imports, which I just mentioned. And then also the QR, QR code tracking requirement. So I've highlighted um, the refill, refillable cylinder and QR code tracking uh, part of their uh, enforcement and compliance because of the fact that those are the things that... Um, are, are also part of current litigation. And so I'll touch upon that. But as you can see, there, um, there are some kind of controversial is issues going on here. And that's the reason why I've kind of highlighted those in yellow. Okay, so the Interagency Task Force on Illegal HFC Trade. So as I mentioned, they held their first meeting in March and they have already started preventing illegal shipments. And so this is a new uh, task force that was made specifically for um, helping to prevent the illegal like HFC um, shipments coming into the United States. Um, if you're familiar with anything related to the FGAS regulation in the EU, as you might know, they've been experiencing a lot of um, problems with like the illegal HFC and the black market. And so the EPA here in the United States they did a lot of uh, research with this AIM Act and kind of decided to implement these various different enforcement and compliance measures. So, you know, the Interagency Task Force on Illegal HFC Trade, um, they did have a press release on this. If you hadn't seen it yet, I can give you a link to it. We also featured it on the Alpine blog, uh, kind of talking about this, um, what they found with the task force how many shipments they stop. Those are types of statistics that are available out there. So if you have any questions about this, um, but really it's just, they held their first meeting and they did have already kind of stopped some imports coming in. 
And so that kind of highlights to the fact that, um, you know, if they're already stopping the shipments and stuff, that's actually going to, it's going to affect the marketplace as well. If they're already kind of, you know, doing the enforcement and the compliance. So, okay. So, uh, okay. Now we're going to move on to something that I'm going to put a caveat because it's, it's, this is a very, um, controversial part of today's discussion for better or for worse, but I think we should address it because, um, the AIM Act, um, again, I told you it, it was an act, it was published in 2020. And one of the goals was during that pandemic, that very economically, um, and unstable and uncertain time, they really pushed it as this, um, the AIM Act was really pushed as this, uh, a way to ramp up domestic manufacturing and also the way to support American jobs. Um, and so that's a really big thematic element to the AIM Act. And um, the reason why um, the litigation, this litigation is happening is because there are some industry stakeholder groups that are questioning um, the boundaries with the refrigerant cylinder ban and the QR card, QR code tracking requirement. They, uh, you know, they're kind of basically saying that, hey, this is going outside the bounds of what the AIM Act originally had intended to do. And it's also possibly outside the authority of what the EPA has. And so, yes, a lawsuit has been filed. Um, and I think there's definitely diff different, a bunch of different groups that have signed um, onto that lawsuit. And we do expect to see some activity around this later this summer. So part two, which um, part two, AMAC in 2022, part two, which we'll be hosting later on in the summer, it's definitely going to address um, the update with this litigation. Um, I don't think, I think people obviously would have expected that there would be some enforcement and compliance measures that have already gone, you know, into effect um, with this first start of the phase down. However, I think there are some people within the industry that are surprised by this litigation aspect. Um, I, I don't really know how they could be surprised by this, though, because if you look at some of the dates that they had attached to the refrigerant cylinder ban, for instance, um, if you look at it, 2025, that was in uh that that was an important date for the refrigerant. It, it is an important date for, excuse me, it is an important date for the refrigerant cylinder ban. It uh, basically um, has like, a, it affects imports and, you know, you can't, you can't import or fill disposable cylinders. And in 2027, we see um, prohibiting the sale of dis or distribution of these cylinder, uh, disposable cylinders. And so these, these various groups that have filed the lawsuit, they are definitely, um, they're calling this into question and they're basically challenging Um these provisions that you see in the AIM Act. So, you know, we're going to put a bookmark on this. Um, if you want to go ahead and just, if you think this is something that you want to um, know more about and you want us to provide another update, again, we are planning to talk about this in part two, but again, I'm open to your feedback and suggestions. I know that, that um, we're going over a lot in this very short amount of time. So that's the reason why we're having these different parts throughout the year so that we can, hey, if there's something that you think you want to know more about, please just let our team know and we'd be more than happy to um, talk about it in more detail in, in one of our next events. 
Okay, so um, by the way, did anyone like the QR code graphic there for the QR code tracking requirement? Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's why also we have like a, one of our uh, camera people are laughing sort of in the background here. So that's the reason why I've been laughing throughout this, but um, okay. So the last part of today's discussion, as you might remember, um, towards the beginning of the webinar today, I talked about the three things that we were covering and the 2024 compliance date. I said, we we're going to, you know, that's the last part of what we're going to talk about today. And so here we are, 2024 compliance date. So if you were wondering exactly why this is so important, I've provided a little arrow in, in this table here to show you. And I kind of want to make this bigger. So hold on. Yeah. So do you see where the arrow is on 2024? Well, that's because um, we will see one of the steeper reductions of the HFC phase down. That's when that will occur, January 1st, 2024. And on that day, uh, we will see by then a 40% reduction um, from the baseline. So that's actually a pretty significant date in the phase down. And that's the reason why I decided to make this the, the last a thing to know about your the biggest takeaway from the AIM Act in 2022 thus far. Does anyone have any questions about that? I'm going to go into a little more detail about the 2024 compliance date, and then we're going to wrap things up. But the 2024 um, compliance date, as I mentioned earlier, it's also um, very important because the allocation framework that they're going to be using for 2024 is also going to span a longer time than the allocation framework that they currently have for calendar years 2022 and 2023. So keep that in mind. At the same time, too, we have to remember that on the residential, uh, residence, excuse me, residential HVAC side of things, they're also grappling with the new energy efficient efficiency requirements that go into effect, which are in 2023. So there's very um, one after another compliance states that are affecting various stakeholders. And so I think that even emphasizes even more the importance of this 2024 compliance date. One, okay, so that's kind of why um, I mentioned that this is such an important thing. So as you can see too, I mean, um, if we go on to the that this slide here, I mean, there's only one other real time that, that we see such a steep reduction. Okay. Okay. So that really kind of wraps things up in terms of the top three things that you should know so far about the AIM Act in 2022. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time out of your Friday afternoon lunch hour to learn about refrigerant. And uh, thank you so much for you know, showing interest in sometimes a rather boring and dry topic, but I'm trying to make it super fun. And that's the reason why we have um, some upcoming, we have upcoming events all throughout this year related to refrigerant. Um, so not only do we have various different um, parts of the AIM Act occurring throughout the year, but we also have our briefing that's happening in June for the spring briefing. And then we also want to let you know, too, we're going to get a little more fun with some of these. We're going to start giving away some, um, we're going to have like contests as well as like some sticker giveaways and some other kind of cool, fun things uh, planned with these events. Because I know that sometimes refrigerant can be a little bit of a, like I said, 
Um, some people think it's like a little bit of a like boring topic, but we're trying to make it super fun here. So, um, yes. Yeah, so we're, we, we're trying to make it super fun. And basically I love refrigerant. So if you want to follow me, um, just go on social media, refrigerant365. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter to get notified about these events, it's www.refrigerant365.com. It's super simple. You just scroll down and sign up for the, the newsletter. I call it the Refrigerant365 Club. So we send out a monthly newsletter and it, it contains um, these events as well as other kind of like industry insights that I've touched upon throughout this webinar today. Uh, thank you so much again for your time. Um, if, if for those of you that can